listeners might remember a couple of weeks back, it was the weekend of around the 8th of June. We were discussing the fact that in Dublin Archdiocese, uh, Archbishop Jim Martin had ordained eight men to what was, being called, what was called the permanent diaconate. And at the time, we said we'd come back and we'd discuss it, but of course, we've had the whole excitement of Congress since. So this week, we're joined by Brother Martin Brown. Martin is a monk of Glenstall Abbey. He also happens to be the headmaster of the school for the boys. And he also happens to be a permanent deacon. Even a modern Martin, and welcome to the programme. Hello, Shane and John. Nice to be with you both. Good morning, Martin. Now, people might be wondering why the voice is familiar, because uh, for those of our listeners who were watching the Mass from Pente- for, for Pentecost from Glenstall Abbey, mm-hmm. uh, they might recognise Martin's voice, because Martin was the deacon that read the Gospel and preached at us. Martin... Guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> now, Martin, you're, uh, you're a monk of Glenstall. How long have you been in Glenstall? I joined the community in September uh, 2001, so right. I'm nearly 11 years here now. Wow, 11 years. And you also happen to be what's called a permanent deacon. Indeed. Now, people are going to ask, what is a permanent deacon? <laughs> and we're kind of hoping that you're going to be able to give us some insight to it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do my, my, my level best. Um, well, the first thing I suppose is, what is a deacon? What is a deacon? Well, well a deacon is a, is a minister of the church. Uh, he's an ordained minister of the church. Um, anybody who would have been looking at either of the broadcast masses during the Eucharistic Congress at, at either end would have seen that there were uh, two men on either side of the, of the main celebrant at each mass uh, who were vested slightly differently. Uh, well, that's because they were deacons. Mm-hmm. Um, so deacons uh, initially were... Uh, assistance to the apostles. If you look at the Acts of the Apostles in, I think, chapter 6, the apostles were uh, needed some help in feeding the widows and orphans, and so they laid hands on seven men, uh, and these men are, are seen as the first deacons. So they were, uh, uh, so since then, uh, assistance to the, to the apostles uh, become sort of assistance to the bishops, so they were very close link with the bishop, always. Um, but there are day ministers of the church. Um, the word deacon comes from the Greek uh, diakonos or diakonos, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it, uh, which is the, the Greek word for, for servant. And so the, the deacon is uh, an ordained servant in, in, to, to, to some extent. That's not to say that uh, priests or bishops aren't servants too. Uh, <laughs> they clearly are supposed to be, uh, as indeed as any baptized Christian in, uh, in many ways. Mm-hmm. But the, um, the deacon is a sort of a, a public expression of the servant nature of the church, uh, would be uh, one way of describing who a deacon is. It's very easy to get sort of caught up in what, what a deacon does or what a deacon can and can't do. Mm. But uh, who or what a deacon is uh, is a slightly more complex question to answer. And uh, that gives some sense of what a deacon uh, is supposed to be. Right. And in terms of, you know, this, this thing, permanent deacon, what, what's, what's the permanent bit about it, I suppose? Right. Um, you might, not everyone might realize it, but uh, every priest uh, who is ordained priest uh, is ordained deacon probably about a year or so before his ordained priest. Uh, and so for a long part of the uh, many centuries of the church's history, uh, deacons and the, the diaconate uh, were seen merely as a sort of a stepping, stepping stone. You were ordained deacon and then you were ordained priest shortly afterwards, sometimes very shortly afterwards. Uh, in, in the current day and age, it's normally about a year. Uh, and so to a lot of people, uh, if they happen to be in a parish where a, de- where a deacon served for a, for a uh, a couple of weeks, maybe as part of a placement from seminary, they would have seen deacons as almost uh, apprentice priests uh, or half-baked priests. <laughs> uh, 
the patron saint, one of the patron saints of deacons, one of the early deacons of the church, Saint Lawrence, uh, who was who was uh, martyred by being cooked on a griddle, and he's oh, alleged yeah. to have uh, said to his uh, tormentors. Um, at one point, I'm done on this side, turning over. <laughs> uh, well, some people think that a, a, a de- uh, and he was a deacon. Some people tend to think that uh, the deacons are, are priests who have been only cooked on one side, and they need to be cooked on the other side to make them, make them into priests. So, uh, in the history of the Church in Ireland, the only kind of deacons that we have seen until recently have been those kind of deacons, uh, guys who are preparing to be ordained priest and uh, serve as deacon for a year or so. So obviously, of course, the, the important thing, of course, to, to, to bring across is the fact that even though different terms are used between permanent and transitional deacons, it's all deacons. They're all the same deacons. A deacon is a deacon is a deacon. There's only one way of ordaining a deacon. Right. Uh, the, the, the right isn't any different. So obviously permanent means permanent. So a permanent deacon is somebody who uh, chooses or is chosen uh, to remain a deacon. Uh, and so has no plans or is not, it is not envisaged that he will uh, in time become a priest. So... Um, that, that's that's what's distinctive. In fact, uh, some in some parts of the world, in some other denominations, I know the Church of England refers to the distinctive diaconate, which might be a better better way of describing it. Uh, so the people who are who are ordained de- deacons as deacons, not as not as uh, not on, as, on as, on a step on the on a step on the way. Yeah. It just it's it, it's interesting now that you, of course, as a monk, obviously uh, the issue of getting married never doesn't arise for you as such. But can permanent deacons get married? Because it was something I suppose that a lot of people were curious mm. about. Well, you have to be very careful how you answer that question. <laughs> right. Deacons can't get married or may not get married, but married men may become deacons. Okay. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, so now, see, can I spell that out a little bit, a little bit more clearly? Um, uh, obviously, those who are to be ordained priests um, in, in the current discipline of the Latin Church uh, must commit to celibacy. Uh, someone like me, who's already in religious vows as a monk, um, is, is already vowed to celibacy, so the question doesn't arise, as, as you say. Uh, but so the, these people who were ordained by Archbishop Martin in Dublin uh, a few weeks ago, um, I think most of them, I think seven out of the eight, I think, somebody told me, uh, are married. So married men may be ordained deacon. And in practice, most permanent deacons in the world are married men. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned about most deacons in the world. Like, this is something that has become very popular since the Second Vatican Council. Yeah. Um, we're a little bit uh, late and a little bit breathless in Ireland, uh, catching up. Uh, but the, the fact is that the Second Vatican Council, way back in the 1960s, uh, decreed in its constitution on the Church, uh, Document Lumen Gentium, that the diaconate was to be restored as a permanent order of ministry in the Church. Um, 40 years, 50 years later, we're catching up. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, 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 shortly after that, the church began uh, regulating how, how that should happen, uh, and Rome produced a kind of a, a directory, a, a set of instructions on, on how deacons should be formed and so forth. But it was left up to each country, to the, to the bishops' conference in each country, to decide if and when it would introduce the permanent diaconate. So if, if anybody who has been uh, visiting America has been in Par- and gone to Mass in America, they'd be very used to, uh, to, to deacons being, being uh, present. There, could be ten, there are tens of thousands of deacons in America. Most, most of the deacons in the world are in the United, are, are in the United States. There are deacons in most uh, English dioceses, but I think maybe not all. And it was only in 2006 that the Irish bishops decided uh, to publish its, their directory and norms uh, for the permanent diaconate. So it, it was only in 2006 that they uh, indicated they were going to introduce permanent deacons. 
and it obviously took a few year a few years uh, then for for programs to be set up for training to be set up and so what we saw two weeks ago in Dublin uh, was the first batch of of men ordained according to that uh, as a result of that decision in 2006. But yes, there are lots and tens of thousands of deacons around the world, but they're uh, still considered, uh, well, not considered, they are uh, quite a rare thing in Ireland. But just to get back to what I was saying there uh, a moment ago about married men may be ordained deacons, uh, but deacons may not marry. Uh, once you're ordained, uh, you may not marry. And indeed, uh, a married deacon who, who becomes widowed uh, may not remarry. Right. Yes. Okay. I had that. Um, and even a permanent, uh, a man who was being ordained deacon, um, as a permanent deacon, but is not married at the time of ordination, he must take the, the, the promise of celibacy then too. So well, it, w- once you're ordained, uh, the the uh, possibility of of uh, getting married uh, d- doesn't exist for the person anymore. Martin, can I ask you something? Yeah. Why did you decide just to stay? I don't mean that for, uh, facetiously. I know what you mean. Why did you choose to become a permanent deacon rather than, than, than continue on to priesthood? Well, there were, there were several reasons, some um, very personal and, and mm-hmm. some okay. kind of practical. I'll try, I'll try and share some of them mm-hmm. with you. Um, one, I had always been just intrigued by the idea that this, this had been restored by the Vatican Council, one of the great uh, moments of reform and renewal in the Church, mm. but it uh, hadn't happened in Ireland. Um, and one of the, it, it, because some people do tend to see deacons as sort of, as I say, uh, I, was, I was being a little bit sarcastic, but mm. about kind of half-baked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because a lot of people do see deacons that way, uh, they're often seen in, in, in some places as, as a sort of a response to the shortage of, clerge, of priests. Yes. Uh, and like if it, that's, that is why I, I presume the Irish bishops took so long to approve the, the permanent diaconate, which I find, I think, is, is to be regretted. Yes. That the, the council thought that the diaconate is distinctive in its own right. It has something particular to do. Yes. It, it embodies something particularly in itself, independent of whatever functions or roles it can do. But because uh, the Irish bishops chose not to introduce uh, the permanent diaconate, uh, un- until we got to the stage where lots and lots of parishes were being either merged or clustered and, or not having resident mm-hmm. priests, yeah. it does begin to. It, it, it looks a bit like they are meant, they are being seen and used purely for their function uh, as sort of replacements, as the next best thing to a priest. And uh, I, I wanted to to see, and because there's no shortage of priests in this monastery, thanks be to God, <laughs> uh, um, I, I wanted to see what a de- what, what a deacon can be. And what a deacon can embody when he isn't just running around covering jobs that there aren't enough priests to do, okay. you know, if you get me. So that was part of it. A uh, second part of it was a very personal thing in that um, I, I spent a number of years studying uh, theology uh, in England, in Durham. Uh, and I was studying in a, uh, I spent some time actually in a seminary for Evangelical Church of England and Evangelical Methodist student ministers. Um, and obviously the whole question of being able to share the Eucharist with other Christians uh, is, a, is a very fraught one. Uh, we, we are, we're not able to do that. Uh, and I felt that my, in, in studying alongside people who are training for ministry, uh, the, the ministry of the Word, a deacon who proclaims the Gospel and preaches mm. but doesn't celebrate the Eucharist, um, that ministry sat more easily for me uh, in, 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 in my own personal context of, of having... Uh, lived and studied and prayed alongside uh, trainee ministers from other from other churches, but being unable uh, to uh, 
to, to celebrate the Eucharist together. So it, the idea of having the, the moment of the ceremony where the, where the bishop hands you the book of the Gospels, yes. that's easier for me to digest in myself than it is for him to be handing me the chalice and pattern, uh, because the... Uh, the, the way the, the level of division between the churches at the moment, I didn't feel particularly drawn to be the one who presided the Eucharist. Now, obviously, somebody has to, and it's not that I'm fasting mm-hmm. the Eucharist or anything like that. Uh, but just personally, I found it easier to get my head around being a minister of the church who doesn't celebrate the Eucharist. Could I follow that through, please? And thank you for sharing that. Could I follow that through by asking you, if if you so decided, could you be ordained a priest, or are you permanent deacon? That's it. Um, it's Sorry, not entirely that. clear. There, there'd be oh. ways around it. <laughs> okay, okay. Obviously, someone in, 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 my, in my situation who is, uh, who is already committed to celibacy and doesn't yes, have a wife yes. and, and children, yeah. it might be a little bit simpler if, if that were to be decided at some point in the future. But it's the, the, the way the church has set up uh, the structures around the permanent diaconate, it doesn't envisage that. That, that sort of a thing is, is meant to be exceptional. Okay. Uh, it's, it's not meant to be kind of a keeping your options open and seeing do you feel like it's a couple of years. I accept that. Thanks for <laughs> that. Matthew, going back to what you were saying about uh, you know deacon being service, I suppose people will say, well, what does you know? And I, although we're trying not to bound by, I suppose, the job or the task, mm. but I suppose people will be saying, well, what does a deacon actually do? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very reasonable question, as I, and as I say. I, I react a little bit against an, an overemphasis on it, but obviously yeah, it's a question that needs yeah. to be asked because, yes, people need to know what a deacon does. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, as I say, the deacon is a minister of... of he's ordained to service uh, and to charity uh, and as a minister of the word. So uh, the deacon... Whenever a deacon is present at Mass, it is the deacon who, who, who proclaims the gospel. Hmm. Um, he may preach if he's so designated to do so by the... Uh, by the priest or the, or the bishop. Um, deacon celebrates some sacraments, but that's, I think that's actually a relatively modern uh, innovation. Deacons in the Eastern churches wouldn't, for instance, carry out baptisms or perform weddings. Uh, Catholic deacons may and do quite often, and in a lot, a lot of parishes, again, in the States, uh, a lot of the baptisms would be done by the deacon. Um, the deacon might do part of the funeral ceremony might might do the reception of remains the night before and then the priest celebrate the funeral mass so so deacons they they proclaim and preach the gospel they assist at the altar as i say there was always two deacons beside the beside the bishop uh, at those uh, liturgies we saw on the television um, Mm -hmm. last two weekends um they assist at the altar uh, they distribute holy communion now obviously that's not particularly remarkable nowadays and there's lots of people distribute holy communion um and that's actually one of the things um that is a little bit of a paradox and that some people could say, well, what can you do that a, that a, mm. a, layman. a layman can't do? And in some senses, there's very, there's very little. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was saying a lot of it is actually about who the person is or, or, or what it means to be a deacon rather than what one can do. Mm. Um, I have something here in front of me that I, I actually had printed in the booklet the day of my ordination. Um, and it's from a homily preached, believe it or not, by a Church of England bishop way back in 1977 at the ordination of Rowan Williams, the current Archbishop of Canterbury. When mm-hmm. Rowan Williams was being ordained deacon, uh, again, a transitional deacon on the way to being a priest, uh, the bishop who ordained him, uh, as part of his homily, this, this, these few lines were part of his homily, and I think they're very powerful. Uh, he says, the deacon is one who waits. He's never in charge. He is the servant of others, of God 
of his bishop and of the congregation. He is a voice. It is his task to read the Lord's Gospel, not his own. He is a servant. It is his task to wait at the Lord's table. It is others who preside. He is the waiter. The <coughs> is there anything at all that is peculiar to the deacon? Is he given powers that are given to no one else? The answer is no. There's nothing he can do which nobody else can do. But that is just what's distinctive about him. He has no power. He is a servant. He's entrusted with the ministry of Christ who washes his servant's feet. He embodies the service of the Lord who has made himself the servant of us all. So I, th- I think that's a mm. very uh, ac- accurate and, and yes, quite, quite moving uh, vision of what a, de- a deacon is. Because if, if you ask what can you do that, that nobody else can do, well, the answer is nothing. Uh, if there are no deacons at Mass, the priest, the priest will, will read the Gospel. If there are no deacons at Mass, there are lots of lay people who will help with the distribution of Holy Communion. Um, a lay person could just as easily uh, lead a wake service in the church when the, when the body is being uh, received. So, so there's very few things that couldn't be done by somebody else. Uh, and that's why I think it's important that the deacon is, is seen, not so much as what he can do, but who he is in the context of the way, that, the way our church sees itself, which is uh, all these, uh, our church is a church of local churches, uh, each centered around the bishop with his deacons, his priests, his people. Uh, so it's not so much what can the deacon do, it's what, what can the bishop, deacon, priests and people do together uh, would be kind of my slightly more rhetorical answer to the question. But uh, the practical one is, yes, uh, preaching, uh, baptizing, uh, marrying, um, uh, and then le- leading pe- people in prayer. Uh, the deacon is often, the deacon at mass will often give kind of the instructions. He will give the dismissal at the end. He will, uh, he'll invite people to give the sign of peace. Now they're very obviously very ritual things. They're just kind of a moment, but they also evoke wh- wh- another part of what is meant to be the deacon's role, which is sort of to to animate the liturgy, to kind of help help people enter into the liturgy. So it's not just a ceremonial role of being the person who kind of shouts out, go in peace. Uh, but, but, but those little ritual things are reflections of part of the true ministry of the deacon, which is to be somewhere between, almost between the, peop- the people and the priest, uh, drawing the people uh, to the altar and bringing the altar to the people. Uh, so... It, it, because of our his, the history of the church, it, it got kind of shriveled up to being something that was done by men for a couple of months on their way to the priesthood, uh, and with, with very small little kind of ritual moments where they kind of they, okay, they read the gospel and they and they said said the dismissal, but they, they didn't do a whole lot else. And so the the forty fifty years since the diaconate has been restored have been a sort of a time of discovery, trying to, trying to figure out, and there's an enormous literature, and I have quite a lot, quite a lot of it here in my shelves, uh, as to what the, di- what the diaconate is, and what it means, and what deacons should and shouldn't be doing, and uh, how they should and shouldn't be behaving. And it, it hasn't been fixed yet. Uh, there's still a lot of contention and looseness around it. Um, because, okay, 40, 50 years might seem like an awfully long time, but in, in but like dog years, church, in church years, that's not very long at all. No, 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 of course.